We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey guys, welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Excited to talk with you today. We got another preview on the way here with the uh, the Dodgers. Uh, Matt Moreno from Dodgerheads came on the show to talk with me about the Los Angeles Dodgers and the NL West and all of the things that they're expecting for this season and kind of how last season ended. So it was it was interesting to to just hear about you know how the front office. Um, approach their offseason and and really, uh, you know, how the Trevor Bauer situation played into what they could or couldn't do uh, in the free agent game and and and, and based on the, um, the the tax threshold. So the the luxury taxes, it's it played into how the Dodgers patched together a team and, and really went for a lot of different value uh, value grabs rather than going out and getting that big big free agent. And maybe maybe there's a massive free agent on the horizon next year that that certainly you know played into why they did what they did. But it's a different Dodgers team in the way that they approached it. They still have a ton of superstars. They have a lot of talent on the on the roster and and certainly will be competing. Um, for the the NL West title and and got Matt's perspective on uh, the rest of the the rest of the division really at the end of the day what it boils down to are the San Diego Padres and and how the Dodgers can compete with them and uh, and and see if they can keep up because honestly at this point the roster is is so stacked and and loaded they're they're they've swapped uh, they swapped spots I think in, in in who most people believe is the favorite for uh, that particular 
uh, division. So really good to to talk with him. Excited to uh, to to bring him on and and have that conversation. Dodgers, Yankees, and Dodgers play first weekend in June, um, which which leads me to talk a, a little bit more about some game tickets. You know, guys, if you are stressed out about buying tickets and you're looking for the best price for a lot of the the popular events. If you're out in LA, if you're out in California and you want to go to that Yankees Dodgers series, uh, buying tickets for your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Browse the game time app and talk about all upcoming events in your area. And you have the ability to now Take advantage of flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets of every kind in your area using the GameTime app. Uh, images of the seed views, which is huge. You don't have to go to three different websites to find out what it looks like to sit at a particular thing. Um, the lowest guaranteed prices, event cancellation protection, which is huge, especially for for different rainouts at places. Uh, Game time is the place for last minute tickets. You know, forget planning months ahead. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the date of of the event, uh, and you're able to find very good deals just before the game. Uh, Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less. Game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference, which is huge. Um, Snag the tickets without stress. The stress uh, with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Bronx for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Bronx for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Enjoy the Dodgers preview. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host. Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. As we roll on with our previews of Major League Baseball, we, we, we've done uh, AL East previews in the past. We are going beyond now that Major League Baseball has uh, decided that they're going to change the schedule and, and we're going to play everybody. So we're going to start talking about everybody and, and with us. Today, I got uh, Mr. Matt Moreno. Matt, I appreciate you coming on. You are uh, obviously a, a big Dodger guy. You own a, a podcast called Dodger Heads. Um, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, anytime. I, uh, I'm glad to join you. It's fun to kind of see, you know, not literally the opposite end of the, the coast. Uh, but, you know, like you said, everybody's going to get familiar with each other this season. So I got a quick funny story for you. Not funny story, but just one that, you know, you might appreciate. Uh, as I grew up uh, going down to Florida every summer, every every uh, like spring break when I was a kid, my family was in Vero Beach, Florida. And Vero Beach, Florida used to be the home of the uh, the Vero Beach Dodgers. So back in the day, I used to go to Duke Snyder's, used to go down to the park. And, and some of my very earliest memories of baseball was going down there and, and, you know, handing balls to Oral Hershiser, handing balls to like some of these, uh, see these old Dodger heads. And, and I think I have Mike Piazza, Eric Karos autographs from when I was a kid. So very cool. The Dodgers have always had kind of like a special place in my heart because of that. And they've always been the team that I don't root for two teams necessarily, but I always <laughs> would pay attention to what's happening in the national league with the Dodgers. So, um, I appreciate the storied franchise history that you guys have. Yeah, definitely. I know it's, uh, <clears throat> they established roots out there in Vero Beach. And, you know, it's funny to hear you say that because even somebody like Steve Garvey, who became, you know, kind of an icon with the franchise, he started off basically like as a bat boy at Vero Beach because his dad like was a chauffeur. I forget the exact story, but he shared it when he's done speaking engagements at the stadium. And so to, yeah. you know, it's funny to kind of see and not funny, but it's interesting to hear like how 
how much Vero Beach means to so many different people. Yeah, it's a little sad at the same time because now that you go to some of these stadiums, like the stadium was was high grass, like they didn't maintain it, and now they've turned it into. Uh, was back there I think last year or the year before, but they uh, turned it into like a tournament field and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But for a while, it was just like a little bit of uh, you know apocalyptic. This is what used to be around <laughs> here, and it was it was a little sad in that regard, but. Lots of really good memories from them. Um, all right, cool. So I'm going to give you the floor for a second here just to talk about the, you know, how the Dodgers season ended last year, uh, some of the things you guys were looking forward to into the offseason, and then, and then we could talk more about you know, what you guys have coming up and, and some of these off, off-season additions and subtractions. Yeah, so you know, the 2022 season was definitely interesting, obviously, as it was happening. That the, the, the roster that the Dodgers assembled was you know, a, a World Series favorite, and understandably so, and as we were kind of covering the team, you could kind of feel like, you know, this they have the potential to be a really special group. And, you know, they set the franchise record with 111 wins. And honestly, <clears throat> excuse me, at least for myself while I was in it, like, it didn't really feel that way as it was kind of happening. Like, it just felt like, okay, they're winning games, but, you know, they're so much better than a lot of their opponents that it makes sense. Like, it didn't feel like, you know, it's kind of in 2013 uh, when they ripped off, you know, the crazy run in the summer. I think they ended up going 43-7. and seven. Uh, or 42 and eight, and then they might have beaten it then a few years. I forget what year uh, after that they beat it. I think 2017. That's a hell that of a run, felt, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that felt like, you know, oh man, you know, a ton of really long winning streaks, just crazy baseball. Whereas last year it was more of just, you know, their head and shoulders just sort of better than everybody else and kind of winning. And then, you know, you get you get into the late in the season, they wrap up the division, they have a huge lead in the NL West, and the conversation definitely started to shift to, you know, is is there something to, you know, the time off that they're going to end up having because of the introdu- the wild card series being introduced in the playoffs and you know the games in September didn't really matter is that going to end up hurting them and you know I was of the mind of, you know, we saw it in 2021 with the Giants where it went down to the wire and Max Muncy ended up, you know, horrific injury on the final day of the regular season and that frankly I think derailed their entire playoff uh hopes and run. And so I was I thought it'd be fine this is a veteran team they'll end up being okay and you know, the Padres, uh, it was interesting going into the playoffs. I thought that the Mets were obviously going to be a more formidable challenge for the Dodgers. But if the Padres did pull off that upset, then I thought they could be a dangerous team because at that point, you know, they have the proverbial momentum that everybody likes to talk about with October baseball. And sure enough, you know, the the bottom, of, it wasn't just the top of their lineup. It was the bottom of their lineup that really got to the Dodgers. And they uh, rode it all the way, obviously, until they met uh, their own bu- a different buzzsaw in the Phillies. And so yeah. the NLDS, it was definitely, uh, as much as I thought, you know, if the Padres got there, it would be challenging for the Dodgers. I still expected them to win that series in four games. Uh, and, you know, you, when Trey Turner comes out, uh, his 2021 postseason showing was sort of hanging over the team and he hits a home run in game one. I think it's another one in game two. You're thinking, OK, this year's going to be different. And then the wheels just kind of fell apart. I mean, the Dodgers couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. And, you know, what? what is the reason? Who's to blame? What's to blame? Obviously, has been debated. I don't think it's one specific thing. I think there are several factors. And some of it is it's just baseball. And it's kind of the randomness of the sport. Yeah, as as we all know, as Yankees fans, that's that's baseball. Susan John Sterling, you know, says says it quite often for the unexplainable things because, you know, that that is what happens. And you guys... You know, looking at what what happened in the off season, you know, transitioning from uh, from that loss, I, you guys had a different off season than you've had in the past. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When you look at the subtractions uh, and and then the types of additions that were made to this team, it does seem like um, 
you know, they're, they're looking for value almost in, in a lot of these, these areas, you know, and I know you guys have some, some injuries that, um, that unfortunately are going to, you know, set back some positions this year as well. But yeah, what do you think and how do you feel about the approach that the front office took to the off season and, and what do you think of the, uh, the result? Yeah, it, it was a curious approach. I think, you know, initially the perception was, you know, with the Trevor Bauer situation kind of hovering over them. Yeah. That the the Dodgers were going to make every effort to get under the luxury tax and reset, you know, their penalties because of I think one main reason being Otani likely uh reaching free agency after this season and the Dodgers have long been speculated were interested in him when he made the the jump to Major League Baseball and they've been speculated as, you know, being one of the front runners for him once if or when he does reach the open market again. Yep. So, you know, Trey Turner, not resigning Trey Turner didn't surprise me. I think uh, he never flat came out and said, I want to be on the East Coast. I think he even addressed it and said, you know, I, I like L.A. I enjoy it. Whether that was just, you know, I'm not going to shut out a team like the Dodgers in free agency from a business standpoint or who sure. really was. Not smart. Yeah. Yeah. Or he really was he really genuinely interested in remaining. That can probably be debated. But however that un- was going to unfold, the Dodgers weren't going to match the offer that he ended up getting from the Phillies. And so that wasn't really a surprise. The Tyler Anderson deal, that one was early and that did shock me. And, you know, the way free agency ended up going, it turned out to be more of a bargain than it initially uh, was to begin with. And so I felt like that was a little bit of a misstep. Clayton Kershaw resigning, I think, was more or less a given so long as he wanted to keep playing. The Dodgers are going to have a contract for him. For sure. Uh, I thought the same thing was going to apply to Justin Turner. But, you know, I don't I don't think that the front office was really uh, too aggressive in how they pursued him, I think. And what it ultimately ended up being was basically a swap with the Red Sox where, you know, the Red Sox signed the Dodgers agreed to terms with J.D. Martinez. And I think I don't know if it was that same afternoon or the next day the Red Sox came to uh, got a deal in place with Turner. That was the money similar me. with Turner. Was the money similar turn with Turner for the Red Sox? I don't remember what that contract. It was, was a little bit, yeah. So his, yeah. I think his guarantee with the Red Sox because he'll get a buyout if he chooses to uh, reach free agency after the season. It's yeah. a little bit more, I think. But honestly, I, I am inclined to believe had the Dodgers basically been up front and you know approached him with a similar offer that they gave JD Martinez, the one year, ten million type deal, that he probably would have resigned. I mean, he's from LA. He's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's established himself in the community. Uh, you know, it kind of just felt right that he would, similar like Kershaw, like probably finish his career with the Dodgers. That didn't happen. You know, you get J.D. Martinez. He's a little bit of an inconsistent uh, performer the last few years, I would say. But, you know, reuniting him with Robert Van Skoyak, reuniting him with Mookie Betts, maybe there's something they could tap into there. Uh, I think, though, the biggest thing for me and the biggest probably frustration point is with the, when the Bauer ruling came down, that essentially wiped out all of the financial restraint that the Dodgers had shown because it pushed them past the luxury tax threshold. Right. And as the off season was unfolding and we were recording, you know, our podcast and YouTube shows, I, I kept bringing up that, look, this is all fine. But if, if the Bauer money pushes you over the luxury tax threshold, you're going to be then all of a sudden in a situation where you're trying to fill out your roster with replacement level type players. And that's great if you have enough of the elite talent at the top end, which I don't know the Dodgers have as much of this year as they have in seasons past. Yes, Max Muncy can be very productive, but he's coming off you know, his elbow injury and he still hasn't necessarily been right. Chris Taylor had a subpar 2022 season. And so <clears throat> I felt like they ended up being kind of you know in this spot where 
it's like, oh man, you know, we all the top free agents are gone. We didn't really sign them. And we're over the luxury tax threshold. And now, you know, here we are trading for Miguel Rojas, who is a great bench player. And but then they extend, you know, they extend his contract. And then, you know, you're gonna now rely end up relying on him even more than you thought because of the Gavin Lux injury. Yeah, and in injuries, so JD Martinez, um, just ticking down the list of some of the other guys. Jason Hayward was a surprise making the team, but <laughs> coming in as a, a it was a minor league deal, I think, coming in, right? Correct. You know, not, yeah, not a lot of expectations with um with Hayward. Syndergaard, another flyer, I think, on the Shelby Miller, I'm not even calling a flyer anymore. Uh, he he was uh, you know on the in the Yankees organization for for a bit. Uh, you know, when I saw the name I remember when he signed, I was like, you know, okay, maybe low low level here, but um and then David Peralta, who's a guy that I, I do like, brings a lot of fun energy to the, the clubhouse, and is uh, you know not the greatest defender, but doesn't strike out a ton. Has you know puts good bat to ball. I think he's he's one of these. He's a good role player. Um, you're not going to really depend on a guy like that. But um, and then you know some of the guys that you lost. The, Trey Turner clearly the one. Cody Bellinger hasn't been the same guy. Um, Turner, as you as you mentioned. Um, Joey Gallo, who we have in common, we can. It's like it's like two two uh, two friends who can talk about the same ex and yep. and all the ways that they they hurt him or they hurt uh, they hurt us. Joey Gallo no longer has to get lucky swinging the the bat and the pitcher hitting his bat for you guys. It's now someone else's problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, the 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 way that the the roster has been uh, reconstructed. What's your confidence level walking into the season? I mean, I I think they're definitely still good enough to contend uh, in the to win the NLS, and I know we'll we'll kind of dive into some of that yeah. shortly. Um, but honestly, like the roster as constructed right now, I don't see it as you know necessarily a World Series contender. And all of that being said, I recognize that you know the roster come October is probably going to look different. Sure. And one and two, sometimes you know the the team that you don't expect to win a World Series sort of does and. I think when you still have, you know, a Mookie Betts, a Freddie Freeman, a Will Smith, Clayton Kershaw on your pitching staff, Julio Urias, you know, Tony Gonsolin once he's back from his sprained ankle, like the talent's there and the bullpen depth, I think, you know, maybe if, even if there's some regression, you're still going to get, you know, Daniel Hudson back at some point soon. And so it could be a form, it should be a formidable group. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as, the, as it stands now, I see them as capable of winning the NL West. It would mildly surprise me if they won the National League, and I would definitely be surprised if they won the World Series. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. 
But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So another thing about the Dodgers that, that I think has been truly impressive is the fact that you guys have, have really maintained a highly ranked, highly touted farm system. Um, uh, how Right now, I think they, they got ranked at number two farm system uh, in baseball. How have they been able to... You know, obviously they've they've gone on the free agent market and and you know gotten guys in in that way and they've brought up guys who have contributed. Couple questions here. You know, how have they been able to maintain that that level of of um, of talent and production in the minor leagues? And and two, are there uh, you know one or two guys that you're looking at who you know very well might take that next step and and be big contributors this year to to fill some of these voids that you you've lost. Yeah, so if you don't mind, I'll work backwards with those. Sure, uh, sure. You know, Miguel Vargas, I think, is going to – he's starting second baseman. And what's interesting is as he was coming up through uh, the organization and the farm system, he was a third baseman. And last year he had a chance to make his MLB debut. But there's a lot of talk of, you know, the Dodgers don't necessarily – you know, they weren't sold on him as a third baseman long term. They tried – he would get some work before games out in left field. But he was primarily uh, appearing off the bench. He played some first base, but obviously with Freddie Freeman there, there's just not at-bats because not only is he Freddie Freeman, but he's somebody who's basically committed to playing 162 games yeah. every year. Yeah, which I love. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, now, interesting enough, they went into with Trey Turner leaving. The plan was to move Gavin Lux to shortstop, let him be the everyday shortstop. Unfortunately, like I said, the injury. And so now that's going to be... Miguel Rojas, but it cleared an opportunity for Miguel Vargas at second base. And I, what's interesting is watching him in spring training, he has taken, he took to second base uh, much quicker than I would have anticipated, and, you know, to his credit. I think there was a lot of offseason work that went into that. Uh, and so he's, I think, is somebody who needs to be, a, you know, a rookie of the year candidate if the Dodgers want to go where they hope to. Yeah. Uh, and he definitely has the hit tool. The question has always been, like I said, defensively, they weren't sure about a position, but it looks like he can play, honestly, at least an average second base, if not above average. And so he's someone who's going to be key. I think after him, you have, you know, James Outman, who is a little bit older and not quite as heralded of, of a prospect, I think, because of his age, but he's making the opening day roster. He's going to be uh, a prominent uh, platoon player, it looks like, in center field. And if you want to go, you know, a little bit further down the line, you have Gavin Stone, who is going to be a, probably begin the season at AAA uh, Oklahoma City. He's uh, not always, at least not up until recently, kind of been as regarded as like your Bobby Miller type prospect who everybody's you know been waiting on to come up to the major league level. Yeah. But 
Miller was slowed uh, during spring training. He didn't get into any Cactus League games. Gavin Stone did. Uh, he wasn't I, in my. He was maybe a dark horse to make the opening day roster. I didn't necessarily think so, uh, but I think he's somebody who could end up being big for them. Either f- help filling in the rotation because you can never have enough starting pitchers, or just late in the year. You know, you know, Andrew Friedman has a history of doing it. Other teams do it where they stick these young, hard throwing pitchers out of you know who are starters. They bring them out of the bullpen and have them fill a little bit of a different role. And uh, so then to sorry to answer your other yeah, yeah, question, sustainability. To, I, I'm curious yeah, how they you know, how they we're, we're wondering over here. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think it's there's several layers to that. One, I think the organization has done a very good job of identifying talent and right. also identifying value, uh, yeah. and then developing. And one thing I, I think Andrew Friedman deserves credit for is building a pretty robust front office, scouting department, player development, all that stuff. And, you know, give Dodgers ownership credit for making the financial commitment to that as well. And in operating that way, while also, you know, keeping, you know, trading for Mookie Betts, signing Freddie Freeman, doing that stuff, they haven't needed to really rely on a lot of their prospects sort of all at once. Sure. And so you've been able to kind of give them time to really develop and ease them into things. Now, that's sort of changing this year because of the way, you know, the, the offseason went and just the direction of the team where I think now the Dodgers need two or three or four of their youngsters to really step up and perform. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting to see how that sort of pans out. But yeah, I think uh, that's probably the, the shortest way I might be able to do it uh, to answer that question. No, cool. That's it's it's impressive. It, it is because when you look across, it seems like they're always you know at the at the top of the at the top of the board when you look at the the different rankings uh, for each of the teams. All right, let's dive around the the division here. I mean, honestly, there's one team and really one team to talk about in at length that you know we could spend some time on the other ones, but it's the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres decided they're just going to spend all the money in the world and and go after literally everybody. Um, while uh, you know along that journey landing some of them they didn't you know they they what what we found out was a massive contract offer for Aaron Judge that was not accepted was uh he's obviously back in the Bronx but the fact that they even were were able to make a uh, an offer i mean he turned down more money significantly more money that the Padres were offering these guys are are certainly going for it so it's a matter of if they've put together the right pieces you know identified the right roster construction that can play together and um you know with some unknowns to, to come back and play. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the Padres? Because they're, they're, they're clearly a, a worthy adversary and just to layer, sprinkle in some, uh, some context here, the zips projections is something we look at, um, have both of you guys right now at 91 wins, um, in the, in the division with, uh, with the giants at, uh, seemingly that's a pretty generous 88 wins, but yeah, <laughs> have you, have you both at the top of the division? So Give me your thoughts on the uh, the San Diego Padres. Yeah, the uh, kind of the the running joke in LA now is the Dodgers trying to keep up with the big market Padres. With yeah, the way they're well, spending clearly, clearly big market team over there, <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, and like I sort of alluded to earlier on, I think the Padres. You know, what's interesting is they're they're deserving of kind of the expectations that now are on them sure. when you put together that lineup. I think if you dig a little bit, like the question marks are going to be in their starting rotation, especially with, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Musgrove, right? Who kind of fractured his toe. And so maybe he's going to miss uh, one. I know he's trying to limit how much time he's going to miss, but yeah. who knows if, if he is able to come back quickly, how he kind of performs on that. If it's an injury that sort of lingers. Um, but the Padres, you know, it, 
I, I'm expecting basically a repeat of 2021 when it was the Dodgers and Giants kind of down to the wire. Maybe not necessarily the literal last day of the regular season to dev- decide the division, but I'm I'm expecting a full blown you know two horse race all year long. And the one kind of caveat or two caveats, like I said, the starting pitching depth for the Padres, I think is you can question that. And beyond that, I think also too it's fair to wonder. You know, now they're a little bit of a different team. The past few years, it's been hey like. They can kind of challenge. Maybe they could challenge the Dodgers this year. This is the year they sort of close the gap and you know make maybe make a wild card type thing. Now they're entering a season with full blown World Series expectations, and I, that changes things for players and how teams, how players react to that. I think is different. I think there's also the element of you know Fernando Tatis is going to miss like the, still the first two weeks of the season before he comes back, mm-hmm. but playing right field, and then that moves Juan Soto to left field. So how is all of that going to work out? Uh, I. I have more faith in Soto in left field than, you know, maybe Tatis in right field. Yeah. And all will Having faith that. in Tatis at any position at this point, we, who knows? Like if yeah, you have faith, it's pretty much blind faith at this point. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get to. You know, even when he was at shortstop, I always thought that, it, not that it was smoke and mirrors, but his bat definitely carried and masked yeah, some of his defensive, yeah. Yeah, defensive uh, deficiencies there. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I think the biggest thing for me, though, is I wonder what changes for the Padres now that you're, you know, expected to by by probably a lot of people not only win the NL West but get to the World Series. Yeah, I mean, they're loaded. I mean, there's there's no no if ands or buts about it. Offensively, this team is is a is practically an all-star team with with what they have on on the uh on the power side and you know, having Soto uh, for a full year, they I was so surprised with the extension for Manny Machado. Um I really thought Machado was going to be an, an available free agent. I thought he was going to, yeah. you know, get Go for the highest bidder. I thought the I thought really the Yankees were going to have an opportunity there again. Um, so I was uh, I was surprised that the Padres are, are definitely um, you know not holding back with with offering these contracts. How do you think Tatis is going to fit into this? Because obviously now you know when he was coming up, he was dynamic. Uh, the the guy offensively was 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 phenomenal, and the level of protection now that he has is is significantly better than than you know when we last saw him. I mean, you add uh, Bogarts to this lineup, who is a a tremendous, uh, tremendous player, both offensively and defensively, um, with Soto, and then protected with Machado as well. I mean, are you expecting a lag from Tatis on the offensive side, or you know, how are you guys, how are you guys looking at this lineup and and, and ways to attack it? You know, I will say, and it might sound a little funny because of how the NLDS went last year, but the Dodgers honestly pitched the Padres relatively well, and for the, they did contain Machado and Soto, relatively speaking, you know, up until, you know, there were obviously clutch hits that they both got that ended up being uh, not crucial. I mean, crucial, obviously, but kind of damaging to the Dodgers' hopes in the playoffs. But yeah. it, it, it wasn't like either of them, you know, hit 400 against the Dodgers all year long. And it's like, oh, man, we don't know how to how to pitch against these guys. I think the Dodgers uh, pitching talent and game planning and scouting is is elite. And so they can, you know, hold their own. That's not going to be a one sided matchup. With Tatis specifically, I personally am expecting, I mean, it's hard when you've missed that much baseball to then jump back in. And I know he's been playing spring training, but now you're going to then sort of shut down a little bit for two weeks and not necessarily see, you know, major league pitchers for that stretch of time, unless maybe there's some rehabbers that the Padres can have him uh, go up against. And yeah, you know, he definitely does have some protection, but still, I think as an individual, you know, his own timing and stuff like that, like he's going to have to work through that on his own type thing you know it maybe it'll help that Soto's behind him or Machado's behind him however their lineup uh is penciled out but 
What I also wonder too is if he's somebody who struggles on an individual level, is he going to let that kind of carry over and affect his mood maybe in the clubhouse? And then does that sort of ruffle some feathers of, hey, like, you know, we need to put the team first? Because again, it kind of ties back to my bigger point of this season, the Padres, the, the expectations for them are different. Yeah, uh, they are different. There's no doubt about it. All right, so I think we all agree that this is really going to be a, a two-dog race in, in the NL West. But if you can, um, you know, the Giants, they missed out on more guys than they added uh, in, in the offseason, you know, with, uh, with, with obviously Judge and um, Correa or two, two massive high-profile negotiations that either didn't happen or, or fell apart. Um, and then you have the, the Diamondbacks and the, the Colorado Rockies. So, you know, kind of lumping all three of them in, just uh, what are your thoughts on, on these guys? Are they going to be pesky? Are they going to be a problem? Are they going to be better than people think? Uh, yeah, what say you? Yeah, you know, well, first, you know, I think we can't overlook that the Dodgers uh, pried Shelby Miller away from the Giants. He was, <laughs> yeah, right, a, right. He was a, a late season resurgence <laughs> for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the Giants will sort of be kind of what they were last year, just sort of there. I think 2021, you know, proved to be more of an anomaly than a sign of what was to come. And that wasn't all that surprising considering you look at that season was built on a lot of veterans having, you know, career years and to their credit. But then, you know, Buster Posey retires and Brandon Crawford hasn't necessarily replicated that same level. Evan Gloria has been injured still. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the Giants, honestly, I see them probably finishing fourth in the division. I think the Diamondbacks are a team that can make maybe the biggest jump uh, within the NL West, they have a lot of young players uh, who have progressively gotten better. And, you know, they sort of have nothing to lose. Like nobody's really expecting them to be knocking down, you know, the postseason door or anything. But I think they'll probably make the biggest jump this year. And, you know, then unfortunately the Rockies, they're kind of just the Rockies. They're there to, you know, sort of run out, round out the NL West. Their owner makes curious comments. I think, you know, he's, last thing I saw was he wasn't, happy or he was critical he made some sort of remarks about the padre spending uh and so it's you know chris bryant i think hasn't necessarily the had emptiest, the, the, the most empty contract in the world like what, yeah the yeah it was <laughs> it was really random and i still remember his introductory press conference with them he said you know i've made the playoffs every year of my career and i'm looking forward to that continuing and i thought well oh. you know you probably shouldn't have signed with the rockies then yeah yeah no that was a that was a money grab that's what we call yeah. it money grab yeah. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate you going through these. Uh, these guys were, you know, I, I'm excited for the way that the schedule is going to play out. I don't know what what your what your thought is. Oh, and one, one more thing before we get going, actually, uh, Andrew's been asking this on on his, so I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in as well. You're just like give me your your quick thoughts on the rule changes and and how you think baseball is going to be affected by that. And it's very difficult to do that in a quick thought. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, take it, take your time on that. But what, what are your what are your thoughts there? Because I think it's going to be very interesting this year. A lot of changes all at once uh, will be very interesting for for the game. Yeah. So the bigger bases are fine. I mean, they're not they're not noticeable. If you didn't tell anybody, hey, the bases this year are bigger. I don't think anybody sitting in the press box, sitting in the stands, would notice. Wait a minute, first base looks you know three three inches bigger, whatever the case, whatever uh, larger they are. The pitch clock, I I'm. I can see the benefit that it brings in terms of, you know, maybe speeding up the game. I, I'm also not necessarily the best person to ask from the standpoint of I grew up watching baseball, playing baseball. I love baseball. I've never needed baseball to have like a clock or I felt like it's slow. That being said, I've understood when people say it moves a little too slow when you obviously compare it to the NFL, which I think all these leagues do because the NFL is kind of the top dog out there. But what I don't like with the pitch clock, and I get it was kind of a necessary evil, is 
you know, limiting the number of disengagements from the rubber for a pitcher, because I feel like once the pitcher does it twice, if you're on first base, you know, he's not coming over there again. And so for me, it kind of changes it changes the fabric of the game a little bit too much because that's really influencing, you know, kind of an outcome in some sense. Like now I could I can probably steal this base now if he's already thrown over twice or thrown over once and stepped off, whatever the case is. So I don't love it. Um, and I my biggest thing that I have circled back to whenever we've discussed this, and I'm definitely an outlier, you know, amongst our staff and I get made fun of for it is. I feel baseball can can do things to improve its popularity. I recognize that. I think what they have done are not necessarily the best steps to fix that issue. Do I think shaving off 20 minutes of game time is going to send the sports popularity through the roof? No. Do I think had they addressed blackout issues, would that help popularity? Yes. Would If they marketed the game and some of the stars a little bit better, I think that would have more of an impact. But you know, they wanted to go with the pitch clock and bigger bases instead and get Brian Cranston to do a promo for, you know, more action or whatever his quote was. So I guess credit for trying, but it's not uh, it's not what I, I don't think it's the most effective steps they could have taken. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I think the bases, you know, the, the I, I guarantee you that the the pitchers and the catchers will, will will recognize those bases as being bigger because that four and a half inches of base path that the, the runner. um you know, can, can take advantage of now, it's going to be difficult for catchers to throw guys out. It's like they have a better jump. It's just going to be more of a, more of a problem, I think for them. And, you know, we'll see how the action plays out because I think, uh, you know, part of, part of the answer to your, uh, to your point of, you know, how do you promote the players? How do you promote the game and things like that? You're going to see, I think you will see more action on the base path. You'll see more dynamic plays. You'll see athletes, you know, being more athletic in the field and on the, on the base path, which, which I think is, uh, is an exciting piece of it. So I, I, I hear the, I hear both sides. I hear the concerns and I, and I, and I understand why they did it as well. So, um, you know, I don't really take a, a stance of yay or nay. I just, I understand the whole thing and I'm interested to see how it plays out. That's, that's kind of where I am at this point. So. All right. Well, Matt, I appreciate it, man. This was uh, this was very enlightening, and uh, you know, good luck to your Dodgers guys. If you want to follow Matt on Twitter, you can you can get him at m moreno one zero one five on Twitter, um, and and check out uh, how the Dodgers and the Dodgers are coming into town. Uh, or no, we're playing them first week yeah. in June. Um, so looking forward to that series. But thanks again, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course, anytime. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.